What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's PGA Championship. That's right, another major championship on the schedule. Kiowa Island will play great host to this event, so there is plenty of stuff to talk about. But let me go through a couple of housekeeping items right now and shout out some of the winners from last week. If you are new to the channel, first off, welcome. We do this every single week, all golf, all the time. And... I like to point out a couple of people who send me screenshots or send me winning uh, wagers or lineups from the week before, and I like to give them a little shout-out. So Trent, congratulations. He says, basically, the only content, PGA content I consume is Rick Rungood in the First Cut Pod. That's the CBS Sports Podcast that I host as well. Grinding for a while, I trusted the process and finally took one down. Turned his $18 into $1,022 by uh, winning $1,000 on FanDuel in a single entry. Always love to see that. Congratulations there. And then there was, I got a direct message. It was, I'll just call him Hank. Um, He sent me a message. He said, and I I know who he is. He's very uh, visible. So it's nice to see that happen. He took down a $5 three max contest for $500. I love the idea of single entry. I love the idea of people having success in three max. I love that people who are around and visible and asking questions and part of the live chats are finding success. So big time congratulations. Um, I have, uh, you know, if you want to be part of the community, if you want to uh, use the tools that I'm going to show, everything that I show is from my own website. It's rickrungood.com. There are two ways to do that. You can enter a draw to win a subscription by leaving a uh, comment below with who you think is going to win the PGA Championship. Like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Or you can also go, or I guess I should say end, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. Link is in the description. Uh, say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle to get in touch with you, and I'll, I'll up the ante this week for the PGA Championship. I'll give out two yearly subscription. So very, uh, very good prize. If I do say so myself last week, the winners were Dustin and Rye East. I have already reached out to you. I will get you set up with your subscriptions to rickrungood.com. Almost done. Lots of content this week, as you can imagine, for a major championship. Uh, Betting preview will be coming. There will be a live stream on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, right here on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. That's for your ownership, your questions and answers. Whatever you want to talk about, that is your time. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday is the Jock Market Power Hour. That is a live chat. It is Stock Market DFS. We talk about any players that you want, any strategies that you want, but it has a bit of a, a stock market angle angle to it, which is awesome because people are making lots of money over there and um, having fun along the way. I think that's it. Uh, I think you'll see some content from me, maybe in some new places. A little spoiler alert. Maybe there'll be, there'll be some interesting things happening this week. We shall see. Uh, but otherwise, I'm stoked about it. Let's just jump right into this week. As we always do, let's start with the course. It's the ocean course at Kiowa Island. It is uh, well-known. We've had uh, um, the PGA Championship here in 2012 was the most recent time. Rory McIlroy went out, shot a 66 on Sunday, scorched earth, and won by eight shots. That's still, and it was at the time and still remains, the the winning 
margin record for um, for the PGA Championship, and it's unique in a couple of different ways. It's not only a Pete Dye design; it is a Pete and Alice Dye design. It is actually supposed to be a link style course inspired by. Uh, Scottish courses and Irish courses, bringing it over here to the States. And it is certainly, uh, it certainly plays that way, link style. And there are these kind of raised fairways in a lot of spots that um, kind of mess with players' depth perceptions, but also make this course a hair more susceptible to the wind when it starts coming off the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, we're going to keep a close eye on the weather forecast this week. We're going to keep a close eye on uh, how it might be progressing throughout the week if there's going to be a wave advantage because I certainly think that could be possible this week. And if you're looking at the screen and looking at the, the course key stats tool, and saying 7,876 yards. Is that right? That's right. It is a big boy course. 7,800 yards on the scorecard. The longest major championship course in history. Uh, so while we certainly are going to be looking for guys that hit the ball a long way, uh, it is also noteworthy that I think I think around the green is going to play a significant role in this. Not only from some of the anecdotes that we have heard, you know, Rory McIlroy say about his week in 2012, where he said his short game was in complete control, but just go back and watch. You know, there's going to be a lot of missed greens, especially if the um, if the winds kick up and being able to get up and down is going to be critical. It's not something I'm going to weigh heavily, but I think it is certainly of note. Another thing of note, the, the grass type. I'm not a big grass type guy. I, I, I understand it. I know some of the players treat it, um, treat some, some grasses in one way and they can read grains better, usually from places that they grew up in, things like that. But this is seashore past palm. Okay. This is a, a unique uh, strain of Paz Palum greens. And if you are, if you know Paz Palum, it has a little bit of a, a bigger blade to it and it tends to make worse putters better, right? Worse putters tend to thrive on Paz Palum. Now we don't have much of a, a huge sample size. And the only other courses that we get on the PGA tour that are Paz Palum greens are, you know, Puerto Rico open Mayakoba. There's no shot link data there. So we don't have like the strokes gain putting from it. So, uh, you know, guys that might've had success at some of these, other coastal past pollen green courses um, you might be interested in. But again, we do not have the shot link data from those events, but I still thought it was noteworthy. I'm trying to think what else about this week. Um, well, we're going to talk about it plenty in depth, but you're going to have to have your complete game around Kiowa to really uh, to really find success. You can go down and you can see what types of golfers have had success at PGA Championships in the past. Now, of course, the PGA Championship rotates courses. We're never at the same spot, so you have to take that for uh, what it's worth. But strokes gained approach, as with most weeks, uh, becomes critically important here. Only nine other, uh, in this case, events on the PGA Tour uh, was strokes gained approach more important. So if we start to look at some of the golfers, some of the types of golfers that we're looking for, you know, let's go by the last 24 rounds. That's been successful for me. I like that. I like looking at 24. It's, you know, six to eight events for some of these guys, uh, depending on how they're playing or, or uh, yeah, six to eight, about six events. And, you know, we can, we can get some good trends there, but it can still be a long-term thing. So uh, I think strokes gained off the tee is going to be important. Of course, that encapsulates um, the the driving distance metric as well. Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, Abraham Answer, Sergio Garcia, Corey Connors, all near the top of the list there. If you want to go straight on driving distance, uh, Roy McIlroy, Gary Woodland, Cam Champ, Xander Shoffley, who is surprisingly long off the tee, make that list. And if we do believe that strokes 
Skin around the green might be important. Guys with a big enough sample size, Kevin Na, Brian Harmon, Matt Jones, Dylan Fratelli, and Cameron Tringale are the notables on that list as well. So again, we're going to dive deep into this field, but I wanted to just start to build through some of the names. If we if we see them later, uh, make a note that they're popping up in multiple spots because that is uh, really what we're trying to do, just figure out this research process here for this week. All right, let's jump over to the cheat sheet here. I've got the field loaded in. There's six golfers over $10,000, and it's led by Rory McIlroy. And it is certainly deserved, right? I mean, Rory McIlroy, winner of the last time this event was played at Kiowa Island. He's coming off a victory in his last start, the Wells Fargo Championship. His game looked pristine. I would be a hair concerned about his ability to back that up. Now, I'm I'm certainly bullish on Rory, but for the full $11,500 price tag, you need him to be the best stud in this field. Maybe win this golf tournament. And, you know, we only have a four-round sample size since he's been working with Pete Cowan, since he's made some of these small changes in his game. He had that longer layoff after the Masters, and he goes out and he wins. And that's the absolute ceiling result, of course, and it gets us to a full fever pitch on Rory McElroy, and while I love him, while I'd almost consider betting him, I'm not sure he's the right DFS guy uh, just because of the full price tag and some of the other interesting and, and potentially better options for cheaper below. Justin Thomas, uh, you know, just on brand, right? JT at 11,300. He's always going to be one of the best tee to green players on the planet. No problem if you want to play Justin Thomas. DJ in a place where his pricing probably squeezes him. You know, he is certainly, I think at this moment, as I as I record this early in the week, uh, likely to be the least owned of these $10,000 golfers, not only because his form isn't as good as some of his peers, but he's also kind of in this weird, awkward pricing. I'd rather pay up for Justin Thomas. I'd rather pay up for Rory McIlroy, or I'd be happy to go down to Rom DeChambeau and Spieth, and it leaves Dustin Johnson hanging around here, you know, shrugging his shoulders, and, and everyone just kind of passes him up. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on throughout the course of the week, what his ownership number does, uh, especially as we get closer to Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. The bottom of this 10K range I find incredibly appealing. Bryson DeChambeau is just, you know, an absolute maniac at the moment. Let me pull up his strokes gain metrics. and I'll go over to the Holy Grail for that. I could make the case that Bryson DeChambeau is not playing all that well. Didn't play well at, at Quail Hollow, finished ninth. Uh, didn't play particularly well at, the, at Byron Nelson. He's finished 55th. Um, he's just unbelievable off the tee. You can see he's gaining just an absolute ton of strokes. He did it with uh, over six last week at the Byron Nelson. Um, I'm concerned about this column right here, his approach game, which is, it, it just hasn't been good. You know, when he was rolling here like going back to the stretch where right before he won rocket mortgage he had figured out that approach game and he was he was piling up he was winning uh, every single week and then he started losing and when he finally broke off and won at the u.s open how did he do it he gained 7.6 strokes on approach which is phenomenal but he's been he's been inconsistent in that category and you can see when he gains he wins that's essentially the combination for for uh Bryson DeChambeau around the green that is hit or miss and the putter you know I don't know if it's starting to be a little bit of a concern he's lost strokes putting in three of four and the 4.1 that he lost at Byron Nelson was his worst since um the Northern Trust at the end of last year it's not entirely uncommon but it was certainly not a great week for him I would just say this about Bryson. His range of outcomes um, 
is likely to be much bigger than anybody else's in the 10K range. He is probably going to win the golf tournament more often, and he's probably going to miss the cut more often than some of these other guys. And I think that's by design. So uh, he might be a better GPP play if you're trying to get access to someone with a lot of upside in a large uh, a large contest that you might be playing or you're looking to be a little bit different. I think that Bryson is probably that guy. I do not think he offers nearly as much security as someone like Jordan Spieth. And, and this is this is where I say I think Jordan Spieth probably wins the PGA Championship. And there, there's just so much going in his favor right now. So if we pull up Spieth, and we've talked you know ad nauseum about him over the past couple of months, and I think it's well warranted because if you go back to the start of 2021, uh, no one's been better. In fact, let me just let me just clear his name out of there. We'll just load this field up, and he's averaging 2.03 strokes gained per round. Uh, what does that mean? It means he's the only guy gaining over two strokes to the field uh, on average. Daniel Berger and Charlie Hoffman are next. Uh, they're like a quarter stroke per round behind. It's very significant. Even more impressive is is the way he's been doing it. So if we just sort this by strokes gained approach, Thomas Peters is number one, but he only has two measured rounds in the time frame that I put in. Colin Morikawa is second. He's at 1.23, and it is generally accepted that Colin Morikawa is the best iron player on the planet. Well, Jordan Spieth is right there. So Colin Morikawa is 1.23. Spieth is 1.22. Then there is a huge gap down to Justin Thomas and Corey Connors. And those guys are great. But we are talking about Jordan Spieth for the last five months playing like the best ball striker on tour and his short game is a lot better than the best ball striker on tour. And his putting is a lot better than the best ball striker on tour. So that's how you get to him being the best player on tour since the start of 2021. We're now five months in. His results are are also backing it up, right? Another top 10 last week, a third at the Masters, a win at the Valero. Um, it's, just, it's just getting a bit ridiculous at the moment. And for him to be priced at 10100 is a little surprising. And maybe it's because the pricing came out early. I don't know what whatever reason it is. Uh, but I think not only is he safe at the moment, but he is also um, he also has huge upside. And I think he's going to be popular. He's ten thousand one hundred. You can roster him. You can plug and play him. He's a very popular golfer in general, especially with the influx of casual players this week. And. I don't see any way that 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 Jordan Spieth is is not the most popular player in this slate. Maybe unless Rory McIlroy catches some steam over the next couple of days, but it's it's warranted. And if you're going to roster him, find a way to be different in other places. Before we jump down to the nine K range, I always have I always forget to show this tool. It's like my favorite tool on the site, and I just never get around to showing it on the previews. So it's on the trends tool, and if you scroll down, there's this kind of bounce back candidates tool, which in short um, is essentially looking for golfers who are hitting the ball above their baseline, but putting below it with the idea of they can continue the gains with, with their long play and uh, they can go back to their baseline, whether it's good or bad with their putter. And if that happens, who's likely to break out. So you want to be up here in the upper left-hand quadrant. Brooks Kepka uh, certainly uh, looking good, but he has uh, a couple of things going against him here. He doesn't have a lot of recent rounds, and his recent rounds have been so bad putting that like anything would be an improvement. So he's kind of an automatic bounce back candidate or breakout candidate. Uh, Colin Morikawa is here. Paul Casey's here. Justin Thomas is here. These are names that I find 
Uh, interesting. Corey Connors on the correct side of the quadrant. So as we move down into the 9K range, keep that in mind. These are golfers that are uh, more likely to break out if they just get back to their own baseline. And Morikawa at 9,800 is the first name that I mentioned, and I'm really interested to see what his ownership is going to do over the course of um, the next couple of days because, you know, he's coming off. His last event was the the Zurich. He missed the cut with Matthew Wolf. I'm certainly not going to blame him for that. A seventh-place finish at the RBC Heritage. He's rounding into form. He's, he's outside of that Zurich, which is a team event, and you can throw it out the window. Uh, he's made a ton of cuts. He's our defending champion. I just raved about how good Spieth has been and more with, with his approach play, and Morikawa's right there with him, you know, a, a, a hundredth of a stroke per round better. So um, I think I think if he flies under the radar here, I'm very interested in Morikawa. The other name that smacked me in the face at in the 9K range at 9,300 is Victor Hovland. And we can pull up his golfer profile here because – um, well, first of all, I just, I just think he's special, right? I mean, from, from the ball striking stuff, what he's able to do off the tee where he's fourth on tour, what he's able to do, you know, on approach where he is currently, let's see, 22nd on tour. You see it as translated to actual results. He's coming in with back-to-back third place finishes. He's been piling up top five finishes over the course of the past couple of weeks. Um, and, and, but what I think is really notable, notable here is outside the fact that he's unbelievably good at golf and he's been putting up good results, no matter what it is. He has this kind of, I don't want to call it it factor, but this little X factor where he can get really, really hot, uh, which not a lot of guys can. And, and I think sometimes in a major championship, Guys take over, whether that's for six holes, nine holes at a time. We saw Hideki Matsuyama do this after the rain delay on Saturday at the Masters. If you can just kind of sprint for six or eight holes at a time, you can really solidify yourself because usually major championships are difficult and going on a run like that uh, gains you a lot of ground on the field or separates yourself. And he has that ability. The other thing that is noteworthy, and I mentioned it at the top about these uh, seashore past Palm greens, where are where are Victor Hovland's two PGA Tour wins? Puerto Rico, Mayakoba. Do you know what they are? Coastal courses with past pollen greens. Um, not saying that there's anything more to it than that, but it is a fact and it is noteworthy uh, that we are going to get a similar situation this week. So Hovland at 9,300 is interesting. Uh, and then the bottom of the 9K range, you know, th- this is where question marks start to start to fly. I'm a, uh, you know, a, a pretty bullish on, on Patrick Reed, who played well at the Wells Fargo Championship. He can rely on the short game. The guy pops up se- seemingly on the first page of every, uh, of every major championship or every event where a bunch of the best guys in the world get together, and there's no reason to think that that's not going to happen again. And then Patrick Cantlay at $9,000. The guy's missed... Three of his last four cuts, and the one that he made was with Xander Shoffley at the Zurich. It is it is really bad. It's shocking what he has done. Uh, we can look into his holy grail to see if there is anything uh, that we can glean from this because he was one of the most consistently great golfers that we had. And I guess really, maybe this is good news that this stretch of poor play is almost entirely tied to his putter. So let's go back. Let's open up the time frame a little bit longer here just so we can kind of see the trends a little bit. All of these great results, you know, he's basically gaining strokes putting in, you know, 60 or 70% of his rounds. And then all of a sudden at Genesis, he loses there and he loses for now six consecutive measured events. And that's where we've seen 
four missed cuts. He finished. Oh, and then he then he uh, did not get out of his group stage in match play. So that's essentially a missed cut. The only other good finish that we have is the Zurich. So we don't have strokes gain data on. So the argument would be a lot of this negativity is tied to the putter. We've seen him make a putter change. I'll keep an eye out this week to see if we can get any more information about what flat stick he might be using. But hey, if you think he can turn the putter around, he's $9,000. I think he's like 35 to one. You can get a pretty good price on a guy who is a, a top 10 player in the world. The 8K range offers plenty of interesting names. I think Cam Smith will be popular. He's 8,900. He's got, um, you know, what is essentially three straight top 10s, Masters, RBC Classic, and then he won the Zurich Classic with Mark Leishman as his partner. Will Zaltoris is always pretty popular. But before we, you know, start throwing out anecdotal names, let me open this up a little bit. Remove Patrick Cantlay. We'll change the time frame to be everyone since the start of 2021, and we'll just start looking for golfers, sort them by strokes gain total, and looking for golfers in the 8K range. And Daniel Berger, we don't have to go far, $8,700 as the second best player on tour since the start of 2021. That shouldn't be all that much of a surprise. Another third place finish last week. He gained strokes from tee to green constantly. He's an excellent ball striker, and when the Putter comes around, and when I say comes around, all he needs to do is gain one or two, maybe three strokes putting, and he's in the golf tournament. When he won at Pebble Beach, he only gained two and a half strokes putting over the course of the week. When he finished third last week, he gained two. I I mean, he really doesn't need to do much with the flat stick because his putter is so good. So he's the first name that pops up. Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick is the second disappointing, really disappointing miscut last week at the Byron Nelson. And you wonder if uh, people are going to write that off. That was his first start in basically a month since the RBC Heritage, his first start on the PGA Tour. So you wonder if you just... It, we're just knocking off rust. Don't worry about it. Let's see what we can we what we can do. And in terms of the metrics that I'm showing you since the start of the year, those two really stand alone in the eight thousand dollar range. You have to scroll a little bit further before you get to Louis Oosthuizen, who has a much smaller sample size. But when he does play, he plays well. This doesn't even include his Zurich Classic runner-up finish. The strokes gain numbers don't include that um, that he that he had with with Charles Schwartzel. Uh, so he he doesn't have as many rounds, but always impressive stuff. And then Will Zalatoris is the other name here uh you know he's going to continue to be popular he was dynamite from tee to green last week he's going to continue to do that countless times over the course of his career so i think i think the numbers uh certainly line up with the guys that i would have considered in this range burger at 8700 knowing what i know the uh, what what i think the public will do with smith and zalatoris burger becomes incredibly interesting uh fitzpatrick becomes incredibly interesting as a buyback option and then i'm happy to just kind of avoid Avoid Rose, avoid Fleetwood, um, not do too much with Tony Finau. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable living with those few names that we have there in the $8,000 range. The sevens, these are juicy, right? Because if you notice when I went back, if I go back to the Holy Grail, when I was looking for the eights, I scrolled over a lot of guys in the $7,000 range. I mentioned at the very top, since the start of 2021, the best players on tour in terms of strokes gain total, Jordan Spieth, we've talked about him. Daniel Berger, we've talked about him. Victor Hovland, we've talked about him. The only guy in there that we didn't talk about that is on that short list of the top three is Charlie Hoffman. He is $7,300. He does not have a trophy on his mantle for all of his hard work this year, but he's just piling up top 20 finishes, and he's doing it in a way that I love doing it via approach. Take all of those words that I just said and apply them to Corey Connors at 7,600. Corey Connors has not, I'm going to say he has not lost strokes on approach this year. 
Uh, actually, that is true. I don't know why I prefaced that or or tried to put a disclaimer on it. That is actually true. <laughs> um, he's He's been phenomenal. And he also does not have a trophy on his mantle for it. He's also gaining over a stroke on approach during that time frame. So those two right there in the mid to low $7,000 range are doing it in a way that I think is super sustainable. They've been doing it for a longer period of time, and they are not being respected as the top end high end players that they've been. That's not me projecting that forward. That's true. That's in the past. They have been high end PGA tour players and they're now priced in a way that is uh, incredibly affordable. The other name that I think needs a, kind of a harder look here is, is Brian Harmon. You know, he popped up a big time around the green player. If we think around the green is going to be important this week, and we think that uh, looking back at the the last five months in terms of strokes gain total is is a good way to start grading these guys, then you really have to consider Brian Harmon. Am, am I concerned that he is 141st in driving distance? Sure. Uh, he only hits at 292 yards on average. Would I feel better if he was 100th? I don't know. Would I feel better if he was 80th? I'm not sure. So I don't really know where I would even draw the line. So if we start looking at what he is good at, uh, getting hot like he did against Bubba at the match play, uh, around the green game, which we think might be critical. We know he's kind of this grinding type, short game specialist, even though his iron game has improved, his off the tee game has improved. Uh, I, I do think there is probably a bit more Brian Harmon vitriol than, than necessary. I think he's playing better than most people realize he is. And Hey, you know, weird things happen at major championships. Some of these guys always pop up and sometimes you ride a hot putter and a, a hot short game. And that might be the recipe for Brian Harmon this week. As I look over this uh, $7,000 range from, from my viewpoint, there's a lot of European players in here. At least it feels that way. And you know this is uh, attempting to be a link style course here in the United States as uh, you know, we keep an eye on the forecast. And if the wind starts kicking up, you might want to consider some of these guys that are more familiar with those conditions. Someone like a Shane Lowry at $7,800 who, you know, has been playing well, has played well at major championships in, in the past. He has an open championship to his name. That might be an interesting fit at $7,800. You know, we have Garrick Higo who, um, I don't think this is the week for Higo. He's just won twice on the European tour. Love the kid's game. Love his, um, Love is upside. I'm not sure this is a good week for him, especially because I, I think this is his first, I want to say this is his first PGA Tour start ever. I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But it is, uh, the future is bright for him. I'm not asking him to do too much this week. Let's go down to the 6K range. This is where things start to get, uh, they start to get really good here because I think there's a couple of, of interest. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I completely missed Sam Burns. He's $7,500. Let's go back to the $7,000 range. Um, this is your free space, right? And I know when this gets clipped in a week and he misses the cut, it's going to come back to bite me. But uh, there is just no arguing that Sam Burns is one of the hottest players on the planet and he is priced at $7,500. So he's going, to become, he's going to come with incredible ownership this week. If you need him in your lineup, uh, find a way to differentiate. But he's finished fourth at the Zurich with Billy Horschel. He just won the Valspar. And he just finished runner-up last week at the AT&T Byron Nelson. He is scorching hot. Um, I think this is a product of not only the always soft pricing that we get for major championships, but also the fact that this pricing came out before he held the 54 hole lead and before he finished runner up last week. So that's not even fact being factored in to this price. So Sam Burns, certainly the free space for this week. Uh, hey, 
you know, proceed cautiously, act accordingly, whatever you want. He's going to come with a huge ownership number. If you feel like he's a good fade, I could not blame you for that. We'll see what that number is later in the week. $6,000 range. Ryan Palmer, the, the fade from last week paid off, right? He doesn't, he doesn't crack the top 40. It was a guy that we knew was going to be very popular because he held the course record at, um, I'm blanking on the name, TPC Craig Ranch. And he was, uh, it was only the third time he'd been over $9,000 in like the last four years. And I said, you know what? I like Ryan Palmer so much. Happy to get him another week. This is that week, right? Now he's back down to $6,900. He's a grinder. He's a lot longer than people think he is. He's better than people think he is. He's priced with guys that he is, uh, what I would argue, significantly better than. So at $6,900, he is certainly going to be uh, a go-to play for me down in that range. I continue to be bullish on Phil, right? We've talked about Phil a lot over the past couple of weeks. The metrics are finally in his favor. He went out and he did. He had the ceiling day, had the ceiling day on Thursday at the Wells Fargo. Unfortunately, he um, was horrible over the final three days. He made the cut. If he makes the cut at $6,700 this week, are you happy? Probably. Uh, but I still think that there is, there is enough magic in there to warrant and it's not like he's expensive, right? If it was ninety seven hundred, we we have to have a tough conversation about Phil Mickelson. But he's sixty seven hundred dollars, and the metrics are still very much in his favor. There is one other name, Dean Burmeester. Dean Burmeester is a South African who is you're not going to have any PGA Tour results on. I think he, the last time he played on the PGA Tour was the uh, twenty nineteen U.S. Open. I believe was the last time that he played on the PGA tour, but let me pull up his European tour results just in the last couple of starts, last, last three weeks, essentially he went win in Spain, fourth in Spain, sixth at the British masters. So he's got three top six finishes. They were pretty decent fields, especially the British masters. One uh, was better. He's playing well. I'm pretty sure he hits it further than you can even imagine. Um, th- Coming, I mean, he's a top. He's he's a top ninety player in the world, right? He's it is it is uh, certainly worth a look for only sixty three hundred dollars, especially because I assume most people are not going to know who he is. They're not going to roster him. They're not going to care. They're not going to be able to find PGA Tour stats when they do look. I do think he becomes a pretty interesting option, and then I think that's a very comfortable place to say, okay, I'm willing to go down to sixty three hundred. I'm not willing to go any further than that, and you can feel at least somewhat comfortable that your guy has been playing well recently. All right, so there you have it. There is so much more to talk about, and we're going to talk through it all over the course of the week. I'm absolutely stoked for it. I think we're going to get a great event down there in South Carolina, and anytime you get a major championship and all the great players in the world converging, I'm stoked. So uh, plenty more to come, but for now, tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.